0: You're listening to the podcast, where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu
1: welcome to another episode of the pdl podcast of course this one's going to be a jam-packed episode mostly because i missed the week last week and for those of you guys who don't know i broke my phone so i'm working on a flip phone so i'm rarely checking the sleeper chat unfortunately i'm hoping to get a new phone soon so i could kind of bother y'all more but hey we're back also I have a new laptop on the way man i'm just shelling out cash but yo darren what's going on man
2: what's up how have you uh been in The ancient times of Uh, 1995
1: yeah it's been a struggle watching football isn't even the same and as i told you a lot of bad things are happening my ac unit broke so at some point during this pod i'm sure someone's gonna be ringing the doorbell but who cares we're here to talk about the pdl right now dude we miss one week of this podcast and all hell breaks loose there's trades there are upsets there are just a lot of things going on so let's just jump over to the trades and i know we had two trades we want to talk about what's the first one we want to kind of bring up there
2: The first one was Mike, and he traded Tua and Trey Sermon to Steve for a 2024 first round pick and a 2022 second. So one pick from three years from now and another one from next year.
1: Before we dissect this trade, let's hit the rewind. And this is something that you brought up when we were just kind of texting, which I thought was a great point. Remind me what happened before this season kicked off with Mike. And this schedule.
2: So he thought that you were cheating by the, like the sleeper generated schedule because he thought it was too easy. Um, because you played Jensen and Josh. Um, both of those guys are trying to win. So, and Jensen's 3-0, um, but I don't, I don't, I have no idea who like what his schedule is, but um, him complaining might have led him to being oh and two and then you know causing hitting the reset button and tanking again. Um I'm not sure if that was the case. Maybe he would have been 0 and 2 otherwise but he's 0-2 0 and 3 now because he lost this week too. So
1: yeah if- just to recap week one he played Zach and he obviously lost 116 to 103 and fast forward to week two he played Mayo and he lost 107 to nine I mean it's not like he had a hard schedule sorry Mac or not Max Zach and Adam which both of which I don't even think <laughs> listen to this podcast but um no you bring up a good point he made a big stink about it so then I we uh thanks to your help actually we generated a new schedule and who knows maybe this alternate universe where he never complained maybe he would be two and maybe one or three three oh. oh
0: yeah
2: yeah and then but, he, he, if he was two and zero, oh, and he, even if he scored like the same amount of points, he might be like, you know, I'm two and zero. Oh, like I keep, keep, like maybe he would still have Tua right now. I don't know.
1: He pretty much don't I think there's so many storylines that kind of surround this trade, right? Because he pretty much doubled down on Tua, which caused them to pass on what both Lance and Fields, right? In the yeah, draft, and,
2: and Mac Jones and yeah. Jack Wilson, <laughs> all four of them.
1: So he said, nah, I'm good. I'm fine with this. And then later on that draft, he obviously got Sermon. So, I mean, he was able to get a first out of it. So what what are your thoughts on this trade? Besides the fact that there are so many different layers on Mike's side, but I feel like we're not really focusing too much over on Steve's side, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, for Steve, I think it makes, if, if Tua's good, it makes him, because he basically traded Teddy Bridgewater for Tua. And I think most people would probably take that trade just for like the upside potential. Um, and for him, I make I think it makes him slightly better because now he has Trey Sermon, who didn't look great on Sunday night. But I mean, it's a for now starting running back, and Steve's bench was kind of thin, so like adding a 22 year old starting running back is pretty good. Um, not saying that like when Elijah Mitchell comes back, he might not he might take that starting role again because he did look better. But for for now, he's got like a a nice looking bench piece
1: <laughs> yeah at the end of the day if you're able to get a young quarterback in a super flex league for like a first or the way that i'm kind of carp yeah, the way that i'm kind of putting this trade in my mind is two of for like 2024 first and trey sermon for a second and if that's the way i want to break it down i mean getting any young quarterback for a f- just one first that's not that bad right
2: yeah i, I think so i mean like it, it could be the case, like Mike could be right and Tua might just suck, um, which is still possible because he didn't look great last year. So it's like to be seen, I guess, if he's going to be good or not. And if Mike is right, then it's a pretty good trade. But um, Tua also has, they, they built a team around him this year, you know, like they signed Will Fuller, who he didn't even have a chance to play with yet. They drafted Jalen Waddell. So the weapons are there for him this year. So, like, he could come back from his rib injury in literally two weeks and be good. And then it could be like, Mike, why did you trade a 23-year-old starting quarterback for a pick in three years?
1: (laughs) Yeah. But before we move on, I kind of guess... Like, I understand why Mike did it, right? I feel like Flores and Miami has been looking for an out any way possible yeah. against Tua. Like, oh, yeah. um, I want to start Fitz again and bench you now. Oh, we're tied to Watson. Oh, we're doing this now. So I feel like... I don't know if the rumors are true, but, uh, like, the rumors and the whispers in the bushes are saying that Flores didn't want Tua, but the front office wanted Tua, and now they're kind of, like, this is kind of what happened. Because, say what you want about Miami, I feel like what they're building there is special, but the way they are handling Tua has been the worst. Like, they should get no pass on that whatsoever. I think it's been horrible and I've been really outspoken how terribly that they've been managing it and I guess with Trey Sermon which Shanahan dude you you never know in my opinion Shanahan has the biggest ego in the NFL and Mm -hmm. so like I just don't know why they traded up to get Sermon and now they need him and they're like eh Whatever. And I'm like, Shanahan, like, what are you doing? So I understand why Mike wanted to jump off. But then, like you said, the upside is really high on both. So maybe we'll be looking back on this and say, wow, Steve just uh, opened up his championship window even more due to this trade. But I don't want to spend too much longer on this one because there's another, in my opinion, even a bigger trade that kind of happened. And, of course, it happened with you, uh, someone who has a (laughs) reputation of making huge, huge trades. Darren, what was it?
2: Um, so I tried. To, it was basically Cooper Cup for Antonio Gibson, but I gave up um, Carlos Hyde and Jack Doyle as well. Um, Jack Doyle, maybe you could start him on a bye, bye week or something, and then Carlos Hyde, same thing. Like you need like a fill-in, um, but it's basically Cooper Cup for Antonio Gibson. And my my line of thinking here is like I was. I think I'm pretty deep at receiver, so and I'm very 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 thin at running back, so. <laughs> Um, Especially after the, the whole one.
1: ETN getting hurt for the whole year, too, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So I traded the number one fantasy receiver um, by a good amount of points to Jensen for a young running back.
1: And I think what you said. It, all right. This is going to sound weird because it makes me sound too obsessed with the PDL. But I got, I opened my little dumbass flip phone. I got a text from you. And all I saw was, I got my superstar running back. And I was like, Jesus Christ. so then i open up sleeper i see that you got antonio gibson i was like oh my god it's happening it is happening darren's finally got his stud and i mean some people might say hey i'd rather have cooper cup over gibson but like you said the way that your team is kind of built and put together you needed a little bit more oomph at the running back position so what do you do no you don't pick up some mid-tier guy you're like nah let me go for gibson and Man, oh man, oh man. If he kind of pans out the way that the fantasy community is hoping that he's going to, I mean, doubling him back with Javante Williams, getting ETM back and just the rest of, I mean, you're really deep at wide receivers. It's going to be unbelievable to kind of see. So are you still happy? I know you probably were watching the Rams game, seeing Cooper Cup pop off again, but you're probably like, nah, I'm all right. I have Gibson. But what were your thoughts seeing him pop off?
2: Yeah, I mean, I fully expect Cooper Cup to have more points than Antonio Gibson this year and probably potentially next year as well. But it's just like I need I needed to do something to because like I could I can compete with like you and Max, like because you have Dark Henry and Aaron Jones, and he has Zeke and Jonathan Taylor. Like I can compete with that with running out freaking Raoul Jones and Javante Williams. Like I needed <laughs> to get a running back. <laughs> so I like, I'll, I'll take like the, the loss like of points just so that I can not have to play Ronald Jones. Um, cause it's just like, he, until he goes to a different team, like, I think he's good, like he's a good player, but he just needs to be on a different team. Like until he leaves Tampa Bay, like he's not, he can't really play him.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I feel like one thing I kind of want to shine a light to before we get over to the power rankings and introduce our special guest is. The whole fact that the only listener that we really have on this podcast is Max probably. And so I just want to shine a light to say you, yeah, yeah. Welch too. You do have a reputation of always trade raping people, but I want to shine a light and say, yo, look at this though. Like this is a win on both sides. Some might even say, oh, it could have been an overpay, but I'm saying, no, I feel like you always usually make trades that are win on both sides. And things have just been panning out more on your end. So maybe you have a magic touch. Maybe Cooper cup just, does terrible now? Now that he's not on your team, and Antonio Gibson turns into the next McCaffrey. But I just kind of wanted to stop and say, hey, see, look, Darren makes a bunch of trades. Maybe we'll look back and say, hey, Darren, you really shouldn't have traded Cooper Cup, or this might go down as another trade rate. But I mean, at face value, and when it happened, I was like, holy smokes, this is like a big move for both ends because, as we kind of mentioned, Hollywood is undefeated right now. Jensen is three and zero. Uh, I don't know if Brian is his lucky rabbit's feet or what it is, but he <laughs> is winning. He's cashed in, and now he added cup to the menu, and you have now obtained Gibson. And so does that mean that you're still trying to gun for, you know, a deep playoff run this year, or are you just kind of kicking the can hoping that everyone pans out next year? Because you do also have those three first-round picks.
2: Yeah, so my, my plan the whole time was to try and win next season, so 2022. Um, that was my whole plan all along. So like anything else is like gravy, you know, like if I come in second or third or whatever place this year, like that's a bonus, but next year is when I wanted to try and win. Gotcha. All right. All right. So
1: those are the two trades that kind of happened. And I know we're not even near the trade deadline, but the fact that two big trades already happened Kind of blows my mind. I'm kind of butthurt about it because, like I said, I didn't have a smartphone to be able to see it in, like, real time. So I kind of got the aftershocks and I had to do a lot of catch-up and saw what the feed was like and things like that. But uh before we go over to the power rankings and get some uh special insight from people, we do have a special guest. It's not just Darren and I this time. We got our good friend, or my good friend, I should say, and he is a rookie in the PDL. Brett is joining us. What's going on, Brett?
0: What's up, guys? How you doing?
1: Not bad. Yo, you just got off uh, from work, right?
0: Yeah, literally, I just got home like 10 minutes ago. I'm like, Tommy, I'm on my way. Don't worry, and here I am.
1: <laughs> what a guy. But I know,
2: Darren, you,
1: you kind of knew Brett before he joined the league, or am I making that up?
2: Um, Maybe.
0: Were um, you
1: guys in a league? Because, Darren, you know me. I put um, together I, like 50 leagues before. I don't think before. we were in a
0: league to- I don't think we were in a league together, but Darren was my first trade that I made Wait. in this league. So I kind of knew no. Darren before Will anyone in, else. I think Will you guys were in the flea um, flicker.
2: Yeah, that one.
0: Oh, that one? Okay. Yeah. It seems like an yeah. eternity ago since we last did that.
1: <laughs> Dude, that was like five years ago, I feel like. <laughs>
2: so yeah.
1: Brett, what I wanted to kind of have you on the podcast, besides getting your input on the power rankings, I'm gonna reveal them. We could talk about talk about. Uh, some of the teams and whatnot, but I kind of wanted to get everyone familiar with you a little bit. So tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do for work? How long you've been playing fantasy and just, uh, just really anything else. So yeah, I guess you could just answer the first part. What do you do for work and how long have you been playing fantasy?
0: Uh, for work, uh, I'm a sixth grade math and science teacher in the North Penn school district in Lansdale. So if you're not sure where that is, that's about like half hour North of Philly for my East coasters out there. Philly. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so we're just about finished the first month of school so far. So all things considering, it's going pretty well. You know, sixth grade is very energetic. They always keep you on your feet. There's never a boring day. So, What's the texting always... policy
1: for teachers? Is it like a no phone <laughs> zone?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, well basically sixth graders they're like in the school that I'm in is a K through six. So technically they're at the tail end of elementary, but technically I came from Quakertown, which serves as sixth grade as middle school. So yeah, in my mind, my myself and the other sixth grade teachers are like we're going to treat them more like middle schoolers because they're closer to like seventh eighth and ninth grade compared to you know third fourth and fifth so basically we tell them at the beginning of the year you should not have your cell phone they should be silent they should be turned off and put in your backpack and you should not have them in your back uh in your pocket so overall i haven't had any phone issues thank god because otherwise that's that's another bag of misery to have to unfold there <laughs> so No phone problems yet. More of like the people talking over yourself, and I'm just like, am I just like, am I speaking a different language? No, dude, just assert dominance, dude.
1: You're like seven foot tall. Just like shove your foot down to the throat and just be like, shut up.
0: Uh Oh well, (laughs) all the. All they need is one, like one look at my dagger eyes and my like deep voice. And nah, nah, dude, you them. just
1: walk over and say, "Yo, I have an undefeated team in the PDL." So shut the fuck up and sit down. No, That's yeah. all you got to say, dude. Just flex the record. They'll be like, "Oh shit, man, this guy is for
0: exactly. real." <laughs> Exactly, I'd be like, Yo, do you know who I am right now? Like, I'm (laughs) an undefeated Targaryen. Thank you very much. So,
1: speaking of your team, dude, you are, and uh, I don't want to speak out of term here, but Darren, uh, for me, I always thought Brett had a solid team. Maybe it's a Travis Kelsey effect, but he was one of the surprise undefeated teams leading into week three. I always thought he was a clear playoff contender, but he's having a really strong start to this season. I won't reveal where he is in the power rankings just yet, but. It's been pretty cool to see that come out from a rookie right there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he might go as far as uh, Big Ben's arm will allow it. <laughs> but- <laughs> so it might like he might like honestly just coast to like 6 and 0 or something like that and then just like get in the playoffs anyway and then Ben's arm might fall off his body. But <laughs> till then, like ride it while you can, you know? Like it's 3 and 0. You can't
0: argue with that i mean you're not wrong in a sense because like i was trying because literally it's like okay who do i want to start beg ben or jimmy g and i'm like well they're both kind of bland options so i'm like (laughs) all right i'm just gonna hope for the best as Darren mentioned and literally like after the whole thing finished up on sunday i'm like okay i have 132 points and my opponent still had uh, Devonte Smith and game. I'm like, shit, it's over. <laughs> I'm like, there's <laughs> no way that I'm going to come out with a victory here against servos. And then honestly, I was uh, super shocked about last night about how the Eagles had literally no offensive rhythm. And as I got closer and closer, I'm like, don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. because <laughs> so I was looking at the chat and they, they took a screenshot and literally it's like 132 to 131. And I'm like, okay, this is where my heart gets broken right here because the Eagles literally got the ball back with like a minute and thirty <laughs> some seconds. I'm like, okay, this is the part where I'm gonna lose on a last catch by Devontae, or game was gonna go off on like a twenty yard run that's gonna be over. And I don't, again, I consider Big Ben, I like, guess, a good luck charm. I'm not sure what happened, but literally eked out by less than a point, and so. You still had the record, though, Tommy, with having 0.3, but I I, I, kind of gave you a run for your money right now.
1: Yeah, dude, it is not a comfortable position to be sitting in at all. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, the game that you obviously have. We'll get to that when we break down your guys' team and stuff like that. But, yeah, that was definitely the closest game. I was keeping an eye on the scoreboard, of course, and it's been a lot of fun, but let's just jump into the power rankings. I feel like none of us are going to be really surprised at the team that came in number 12 last, and he holds on to his position. It's good old welch the dallas drip everyone knows that he is essentially kind of tanking and he's kind of owning it but the surprise thing here is he did not have the lowest score actually wait yeah, he did not have the lowest score this past week, which is kind that of unbelievable. Me. Yeah, that was you, Darren. We'll talk We'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But this game was supposed to be like a snooze fest. It was Josh versus Welch. And everyone's like, all right, this is kind of the battle for the number one overall pick, essentially. And, oh, man, did Welch win that pick? Or should I say lose to earn that position? Because it's a struggle when looking at his roster i mean outside of russell wilson i don't want to talk about the same thing we always do when we talk about his roster i think the only surprise besides what russell wilson doing what russ does and he has mark andrews i think those are really the only bro- oh and of course Derek carr i know if welch is listening i don't mention Derek carr he'll be really upset about it but all i gotta say about his team is he was forced to be in a position to start randall cobb um i feel like starts all I really- every
2: one of the packers receivers except for <laughs> <Devontae> Adams. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that sucks. Would you rather have Devontae or every other receiver? I'd much, much rather have Devontae. But, yeah, I think the only surprise on his team, I guess, is Cordero Patterson. I mean, he's kind of really been a solid piece to his team, oddly enough. But, I mean, if that's the best praise I could give his team, I mean, that kind of tells you the state the team is in. But, Darren, I know your thoughts on Welch's team, but what do you think about the Dallas drip Brett? Like I said, his team is kind of barren with talent. Um, He doesn't have the greatest starting roster. Like he has to start Philip Lindsay, Marcus Veldes, like all the Packers receiver, kind of like what Darren just mentioned. And, but like outside of Russ, Mark Andrews and Derek Carr, it's it's kind of rough to look at, but do you think this team is going to stay at the number 12 spot all year?
0: Yeah. I feel like as a whole, he'll probably end up, you know, there might be like some glimpses of hope here and there, you know, someone <laughs> might go off. Like, again, like I, I, when I picked up Peyton Barber on my team, I'm like, oh, I just have to do it because I was out, the, you know, Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs and he goes off for 20. So I feel like with Welsh's team, you know, maybe Phil Lindsay ends up having a breakout game and demoting Mark Ingram and whoever else there. So I feel like there might be some glimpses of hope here or there, but I feel like Welch, unless uh, Servos continues to contend, I feel like Welch will probably secure that number one spot.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Speaking of our good friend, Mike, what a fall from grace! For those of you who don't remember, the Southern Oregon Swerve, or Mike's team, was ranked number four from all of us. We all kind of predicted, all right, he might be a top five team. So he ended up at number four in the preseason rankings now he finds himself at 11th, bottom of the barrel, dude. He's battling with Welch for that last place spot, and he obviously just traded uh, Tua and Sermon, like we kind of were talking about at the top of the show. But what a fall from grace. The only other 0-3 team, I don't know what they're doing over in Oregon, what they're putting in the water, but, jeez, winning is just not in the cards for them for whatever reason, but... Darren, I want to throw it over to you first. Is this a fair ranking, or is this just a reflection of reflection of some bad luck with scores, or just something like that? Or do you think it is deserved that he is a bottom tier owner and team?
2: Yeah, at this point, I think eleven is fitting because he's kind of unashamedly <laughs> trying to lose again. Like I know when Brett, when you were hoping to God that you could hold on and win that game, Mike was hoping to God that he didn't win that game. <laughs> so <right.
0: laughs> he was rooting for like- you, man. Dude, like I, I shit you not, like before the matchup began, he had, I checked his roster right before our matchup and he had Clyde edwards Hilaire on his bench. And then when Sunday rolls around, he starts him up again. And then he goes off for 14 at some point. So I asked in the chat. I'm just like, yo, why'd you start him? You could have just binged him and kept it from being that close. But he was just like, oh, I was hoping for a comeback. I was like, it was too much of a comeback. You almost won. <laughs> well, like, to
2: be
1: fair, there is tanking and then there's deliberate tanking. I feel yeah, like, so I like I tried like to be sanctioned. Yeah. Like you can't just like. What's keeping people from like what's keeping Mike right now from not starting Josh Allen, putting in Brett Hunley? Like, that's just not allowed. Like, if there are suspicions of someone deliberately tanking, then I'm gonna have to reach out there and be like, yo, this is just like I understand what you're doing, but for the spirit of the league, you gotta at least give it a shot. So that definitely makes sense. But Darren, as you know. Mike is kind of the grand master at flirting with the gray area with this role, with a taxi yes. cab. Right. And we see it <laughs> yes. again with Davis Mills, which I mean, evidently it would have made that big. actually no, that could that have
0: been a difference maker.
1: Let me see who he had in this
2: super flex he over here. Mover like Kenny Gamble, he probably would have won, right? Yeah, he definitely, won. Sport, but... he definitely yeah, would have he... won. He definitely would have won. Yep.
1: Yeah, so I like I said, like... he is the grand master at flirting with this gray area of Ooh. Like, I should yell at him, but I mean, I could understand why he didn't want to start Mills over maybe Gainwell and stuff like that. But
0: yeah, I I feel like I feel like with his team, though, like I feel like he's just had a lot of bad luck. Like, I don't think it's because of the bad owner, because if you think about like Clyde Edwards has underperformed. Devante had one breakout game in the first and then he's been kind of been uh,
1: catches for 28 yards, man. That's not much at all.
0: That's I'm saying. Like, like the first game, it was like almost like that, hey, like that chemistry is there from Alabama, and that you no, know, they're gonna connect throughout the season. But the offense has been so stagnant, right there. Kyle Pitts too. Like, you people thought that he was gonna be consistent, but he hasn't like been, oh, wow, like top five that many people were projecting. (laughs) He's just a part of Atlanta
1: right now. (laughs) He's just a (laughs) there
0: there must be something down there. Absolutely. But uh, I I feel like he's definitely going to get at least like two wins. I feel like during the year. Not sure where they'll come, but he'll get at least two.
1: Yeah, I think the stark difference between Welch's team and Mike's team is Mike's team is filled with like superstars. And I know, like I said, Welch has Russ and Carr and stuff like, but like Mike has Josh Allen, Najee Harris, Terry McLaurin, Justin Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Like, he has studs on his team, but it's like the most boom-bust team for whatever reason. Like you mentioned, Clyde's been having a slow start. Najee just popped off finally for over 20 points this past week. And then you kind of see what you mentioned with Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts. Uh, McLaren, which for some reason somehow scored less than 10 points, which is something he never does. He's usually pretty consistent with the volume he gets. But yeah, this is not a team that I feel like should be on the bottom tier. But ever since that other trade went off, trading away to it, and now the fact that he doesn't really have a strong quarterback, yeah, now I'm saying, okay, yeah, he probably does belong in the bottom tier, but his team is filled with a lot of talent. But that's something that I think Darren has always agreed with,
2: right? Yeah, I I mean, he does have a lot of good players. Like, I I literally, if he just traded for, like, Derek Carr, like, he could (laughs) win games. Like, he just needs another quarterback, really. Like, I know that he was kind of probably fed up with Tua, I guess. But that's fine. That's fine to be fed up with somebody. But his team's still good enough to win games. Definitely is.
1: All I'm going to say is anyone that's listening or the two people that are listening, if you want Taylor Heineke, I mean, come on, dude. Say what you will about the guy. He scored over 20 points against Buffalo's defense. And this is the second week in a (laughs) row scoring 20 points. It's only mostly because he runs and scores touchdowns that way too. But hey, all I'm going to say is if anyone wants Heineken, he is on the market and his price won't be crazy inflated. But let's talk about the number 10 team. This team moved up from 11 this past week. And that is a Scranton Stranglers, Josh's team. Darren, what are your thoughts? He's slowly rising up the ranks, man.
2: Yeah, um, not sure how much higher he's going to go, but...
1: <laughs> that was he's, the he's most, like, there. insult. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> I mean, him. he's
2: very confident that he is going to make the playoffs and everything. Um, but, I mean, I I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen for him. Um, I just think that he might like his players a little bit more than his players like him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the next game, he plays Steve, who Ooh, scored like what 196 points last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, then he plays Max. That, that... <laughs> and then he plays Mayo, who is two and one. And then he yeah, plays Brock, who's going three off. and oh. And then he plays you, who's three and oh. So um, he could go from one and two right now to so like one and six pretty quick. <laughs> so... you? Yeah.
1: No, those are really, really good points. I feel like this is a team where I kind of. I feel like I've been a defender of this team pretty adamantly. And it's because I always thought his team could be better. But now that you're kind of reading off his schedule, yeah, bro. it's some red flags. But I mean, this team did just score 122 points. That's pretty respectable in its own right. And then they do have some solid players like the DeAndre Swift, DJ Moore being amazing. And, you know, Gronk, I mean, he... He just got destroyed from that one hit luckily he didn't like break a rib or anything like that but he's been the tight end one before this past week and so i mean this team is solid and of course there's other players i didn't mention like Miles sanders and of course matthew stafford popping off but brett what are your thoughts on josh's team this was the team that was voted the worst team in the pdl but now they find themselves at number 10 still at the bottom of the barrel but i would love to hear your thoughts
0: I mean, for him, it started from the bottom, now we hear here type of thing, just slowly but surely in that situation. Um, Definitely, I I think he has a solid quarterback tandem with Bridgewater and Stafford, because I think that whole uh, Lions-Rams trade has worked for both teams, I think, overall so far through the first three. Uh, Sanders, I feel like again, I'm hoping that the Eagles' offense isn't so hot and cold all the time, because I feel like Sanders should have done more, but when you only get three combined rushes outside of Jalen Hurts, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, Miles Sanders is down to flex territory, even if best in that situation. Yeah. Um, Gronk, I think Gronk definitely, if Brady keeps feeding him the ball, like Gronk is still definitely like a top five tight end. Um, DJ Moore, I think, definitely has that chemistry with Sam Darnold now that I think he'll continue to keep popping off. Uh, I think the biggest question marks are his running backs with Fournette and D Swift. I know that Fournette still has to fight carries with Gio Bernard and um, Ron, uh, no, Ronald Jones because Gio was getting a lot of action with Tom Brady when they were down by over two touchdowns. And then Swift, I don't know if that whole like all- allegation thing happened with D Swift. I don't know if that's still like, in effect yeah, or that that's weird been resolved. Thing but that happened it's been Italy. weird.
1: I, r- I forgot about that.
0: So like I think overall, like if his players can not either get on the suspension list and or like can <laughs> get enough touches. I know Darren was mentioning last night in the chat that touches equals opportunities to get more points. So if Fournette can kind of be that lead back like it was towards the end of last year for Tampa Bay, I feel like he sh- no, the strength and Stranglers should definitely go up a bit more in the rankings, but I don't see them going up past like six. Man,
1: Brett just dropping knowledge bonds. Well, let's continue. There's a team that fell all the way from number seven, now find themselves all the way at number nine. It's Zach the Pacific Northwest siders, probably one of the worst team names in the PDL. I'm, I'm going to have to put it there, but <laughs> he only scored 112 points and lost to the Bronx bombers this past week. And, you know, I it's kind of the same thing. This team is decent, but there are some holes. Unfortunately, uh, he lost because it looks like Tyler Lockett didn't go Super Saiyan again, but he did have Aaron Rodgers, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, who all did really, really well, uh, but it's kind of the latter end that kind of keeps you wanting a little bit more. Like, his best tight end that he had was David Njoku this past week. who dropped zero points, and that's obviously who he started, and he had Robbie Anderson who got less than two points, and... You have to start Kenyon Drake, Pascal, all these guys, but good old Sam Darnold not letting him down, also trying to put up 20 points, but it just was not enough. This team, I feel like, has a solid, you know, roster, but I guess this is disrespectful to say, if I saw Zach on my schedule, I'm not like, oh, no. Like, for me, this past three weeks, or the first three games when I played Kev, Steve and Max I was literally clenching my butt the whole time I was like Jesus Christ I don't want to play these guys but when I like if I were to see Zach on my schedule I'd be like oh all right I might not even need sleeper open this whole time I, I think I can win this one but maybe I mean too disrespectful Darren give me the breakdown what do you think
2: I mean he's gonna win this week he plays Welch but um Hell, so he has that, a bye like, this
1: week <laughs>
2: <laughs> aside from that like I, I, I don't know like I don't think he has any easy wins aside from playing Welch um because like you said like i think um it's just like not not good enough um not not really his fault because he took over this team from joe who kind of left him kind of high and dry there he's Um, like at least
1: you have (laughs) camara yeah
2: but uh i I just don't think it's i just don't think it's good enough um like robbie anderson is his third receiver and like that's that's not good um Njoku is a tight end, not good. His flexes are Kenyan Drake and Zach Pascal. That's not good. So um, <laughs> it's just not good enough. It's just not good enough to be above this spot, really. Um, I kind of think it should have been around this range like the whole time, and he was higher than he than he was before. You know. Um, I guess you're so right. I think all the drop on. is warranted.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say if this is something that you predicted already, maybe the power ranking just took a couple of weeks to kind of you know, adjust. I feel like the rankings that we have today is getting closer and closer to what the real rankings may reflect. Yeah. But no, I yeah, definitely I agree. agree with you, especially when he kind of is it yo, these are the guys who he has yeah. in his flex. I, I kind of did a little bit of like a, uh, that's not good. Starting Zach Pascal and Kenyon Drake, that's dry heave worthy. But Brett, do you have, do you have a little bit of hope for this team or do you kind of on the side with Darren saying, hey, it's okay, but just not good enough?
0: Um, I would definitely like. I'm. I'll be more optimistic for for Zach oh, right here because I mean, granted, <laughs> well, again, we'll think about it because I faced him week two and I eked out by 20 points, but that was when Kamara and Hunt both like underperformed tremendously, mm-hmm. tremendously mm-hmm. in that situation. So I feel like with the combination of Rogers, Kamara, Hunt, Lockett, and Diggs, like it's definitely top heavy in that situation. Mm-hmm. So you know, Robbie Anderson, obviously, he like went off for that one. 57 yard touchdown in week one, but then he's been kind of MIA. Maybe it's that jet scrudge from beforehand. Who knows? Um, but yeah, like the Joku laying a goose egg. I feel like he definitely should improve upon the tight end position or
1: Maybe make a trade
0: like, or something. Well, or be yeah, be creative. Like I know Jared Cook was on his bench right there, and you know, he got 4.7. That's better than zero in that situation. <laughs> he is a <laughs> math teacher, funny. everyone.
1: He is that a is
0: that's teacher. true. 4.7 is bigger than zero. <laughs> um but yeah I think that it's kind of like on a week-to-week basis like like you said Darren I feel like the flexes is kind of like a rotating door in that situation because it's one of those well the one person might pop off one week and then the next time they could lay a goose egg like Gio Bernard Mm -hmm. like you know he went off for 14 on his bench but then the previous two weeks he only had like 4.8 points combined so I'm sure he wasn't gonna be like yeah I'm gonna start Gio because I want two point whatever points but um yeah, I, I feel like there there is hope, but I feel like maybe if he can put together like a trade here or there, or maybe one of his bench players can secure more of a starting role or get more snaps, I feel like he can uh, reverse course and maybe make it to the playoffs this year.
1: Oh, all right. That's a little too optimistic for me, but hey, I know Zach definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, nor do I even think he thinks this league in general really exists much because he'll pop in here and there barely. But I guess for all those reasons, uh, I'm not as optimistic. I feel like the pieces could be there, but he just has a long way to go. And he just doesn't strike me as a guy who would make a lot of trades to try to make it's that happen. Like
0: if, if, if all the pieces come together, like if it's like he'll you know, catch fire type of yeah. thing, then well, he can make a streak. But uh, I feel yeah, like if right Darren now,
1: owned that team, I would be more confident. I think it's because the roster itself isn't the strongest. And the fact that, in my opinion, from what I've seen so far, the owner hasn't been as strong either. Um, I think that's what kind of leaves a little bit of doubt. But let's talk about the next team. He finds themselves all the way up. Number eight, rose up two ranks from number 10 this pa- or the week before. It is Kev. The Philadelphia Yellowhawks, or should I say the Yao bots team, because both Kev and Kenny are there, and went, I believe, was a little bit of an upset, right? Went up against Steve this past week, and they were able to pull off a dub, but all that glitters is not gold. As we know, CMC got hurt. I guess the only good news kind of came out was that he won't be placed on injury reserve, but that's kind of like a backhanded compliment, right, Darren? Because you're like, oh, he won't be an IR. I'm like, hold on a second it was so bad to the point that that was a consideration. And so although his team was good enough to beat Steve, I think that might be a little bit more of an indictment of Steve underperforming. He only scored 115, but hey, I'm not going to take anything away from the Yao bots. 130, got to win over Steve, which is not an easy thing to do. But at the same time, it does get a little bit hurt because you lose Christian McCaffrey. So what do you think about the future in Philadelphia?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that whole we'll eventually like kind of figure out the QB2 spot like I think that um what's his name Matt Ryan Ryan. he's gonna he'll get it together you know like he'll he'll figure it out and be at least like a solid QB2 um the rest of his team's pretty good you know like I think that the rest of his team's like it's solid and it's only expectedly I guess two weeks for Christian McCaffrey and I mean he lost him the entire season last year and he still made playoffs so um I think that I think he'll kind of be fine. (laughs) Like I I kind of think he'll like, he, I think he can make a playoff push. Like right now he's kind of struggling. Um, but I think he can make it.
1: Yeah. He definitely kind of like what Brett was mentioning with Daxing. He definitely has the pieces and say what you will about the yows. They definitely do go MIA and disappear, but they always randomly come back with a random ass trade. I was like, yo, you guys even talk enough to fire off a trade. How does that happen? But the one thing we, both know about the Yaws. they will try to win no matter what like i don't think yeah. they got the memo that this is a dynasty league because they're literally always trying to win so that's why i could never count them off so i feel like them rising up a little bit more to eight makes more sense when i saw them at 10 the past week i was like oh that's a little bit low i didn't really agree with it but i'm glad to see that they're kind of climbing up. i mean they only have one win so it's not like i expect them to be a lot higher nor do they deserve to but you brought up a really good point. They didn't have Christian McCaffrey pretty much all of last year still made playoffs. And I mean, if they get any version of him, I mean, when he's on the field, he produces, but Brett, what are your thoughts on Kev's team? Are we being a little bit too nice? Or do you think this team has that promise to be able to make the playoffs? Cause right now they're right. Number eight, they're outside of the playoff picture.
0: I think they're pretty much like, I think you're spot on in terms of like middle ground. It's kind of like treading water in a sense, because I'm looking at obviously McCaffrey will be out for say like two to four weeks at the minimum from what I'm hearing. And they have Melvin Gordon as a running back, but it's kind of like who's going to fill in for that running back spot outside of that. Cause he's very wide receiver heavy. And I know Gordon Sutton will still get his dues because Jerry Judy's out for a couple more weeks. Um, so I feel like if he can maybe like Sony Michelle or maybe, uh, someone else on his as Mike Davis, you know, so, someone of that sort. Like maybe he can fill in that role at least until McCaffrey comes back. But um I feel like if I mean a lot of his players score double to the point. So you no know, may have may have been a lucky week for him this week. But I think if his players can continue to produce, you no, know, it doesn't have to be lights out every single week, but I feel like he definitely has the players who are very integrated into their team's offenses that he can score enough points that, you know, he can outscore his opponents in a given week. It's just, you know, how consistent will that be moving forward?
1: Yeah, very, very fair points. And now I guess we're going to have to address the elephant in the room. When we talk about the number seventh ranked team, the number seventh ranked team here has been a fall from grace. And I'm going to reiterate what I said a little bit at the beginning. I don't know what's going on with Oregon. Like, the guys are all great, but for some reason, they're just allergic to winning. Max finds himself at number seven. I just want to paint a picture. He started the preseason rank number two, literally the second best team in the PDL. And people could make the argument that he should have been number one. And then ever since that preseason ranking, maybe we cursed him. He started to fall. Week one, he was down to number six. Week two, he was like, you know what? I'm not going to go down. I can stay at number six. So stayed at number six and then week 3 this path the the one that i'm revealing right now he just falls one spot falls to number 7 but i do want a paint i do want a paint a more optimistic i'm going to be the brett now although max for some reason cannot string together wins he has a fourth most points in the pdl but what does he really have to show for it well one win that's literally all he has to show for it, which is completely ridiculous but this is what happened last year. Darren, you remember, like, Max's record was always bad, but he yeah. always scored so many points. So I don't know, like, the schedule gods are against him, but I really don't have to spend too much time reading down this list because I know you guys are going to be doing a great job kind of going over his team. But I played him this past week. He had a decent week, but his team strikes fear to everyone, right? Kyler, Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Brown, um, well, Allen Robinson's been looking a little booty cheeks because I mean, all of bears have been, but I mean, Chris Godwin, Logan Thomas, who Darren obviously hates Jamar chase. What, what is he? Like he's a top five wide receiver right now. He's number four yeah. in our scoring format as a freaking rookie, Nick Chubb, Dak Prescott. Like I'm getting out of breath because of the amount of players. This team has literally absolutely no business being at number seven, but I, I just don't know. I, I can't, I can't say it's an anomaly anymore. It, it, it's happened too often. Some, I think he's cursed. I really think Max is cursed. What are your your thoughts, Darren?
2: Um, personally, I think he just had a tough schedule to start with. Like he played you the same same teams that you played actually. Like he played you, um, Steve and Kev. Um, Steve scored 196 points the first week, so like he's not he's not going to win. Like by the way, that
1: was the second most ever in PDL history.
2: I just <laughs> yeah, so, like, wanted to reiterate that. He's just not. He's not going to win that game. Um, the next week he won. He played Kev. The week after that, this past week he played you, and you scored one fifty four. So like you kind of need to have a good week that week too. Um, his schedule lightens up. He, he plays Jensen this week, which Jensen's team's three and zero. Like he could lose that one potentially. But, alert: like, that
1: I, could be the match of the week. But continue.
2: It. Um. I, I think that his team's better. Like I think he should win. Um, then he plays Josh. He should definitely win that. And then he plays Welch and he should definitely win that. Um, so that he, after the next couple games here, he could be four and two and then he will be in playoff position most likely. Um, I think he just had like a really tough start to the beginning. Like he's going to, he plays you and Steve again at the end of the year. So he's going to have to win one of, one of those two games um, probably, but man, that's rough. I think it will turn around.
1: Yeah, he like I said, the scheduling has to... I guess we could blame Mike on that, dude. This is all Mike's fault that Max has been losing. I think that's fair because we is. had to redo this. And Mike would be schedule. so
2: happy to know that.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, nothing brings Mike more joy than knowing that he screwed over Max. But, Brett, let me throw it over to you. I know you're kind of new to the league, but one of the things is, dude, Max is just... He knows how to build a team. Like, his team is always just improving somehow. And his team is unbelievable but unfortunately he's just not able to string together the wins so someone who might not be influenced like me do you think he's cursed or is it just like i said it could be bad luck but this is exactly what happened last year like i don't even think he made the playoffs even though his roster is still pretty decent now he's sitting at one and two um you know he does play jensen next week so hopefully he can pull off the win and stop hollywood's undefeated streak and then maybe that will turn it around but what are your thoughts when you look at the murphy street empire
0: we can say is that i do not want to verse him in the playoffs (laughs) because looking at this team i'm like holy shit because having again kyler murray mvp candidate so far the three weeks zeke zeke is definitely going to keep feeding especially when it gets colder and the team start running more so you have zeke taylor again he has freaking nick chubb as his flex i'm like shit (laughs) i want nick chubb Are you telling me that's not as good
1: as Zach Pascal that uh, Zach's pushing out right there?
0: (laughs) Exactly. I'm I'm just like, damn, like, how did he get in? type of thing? You're looking through. It's like Godwin, like Godwin is Tom Brady's favorite target so far outside of Gronk that I've seen. Lance Thomas, still like a respectable top five, top six tight end. Yeah,
1: Logan Thomas from the Washington football team.
0: It's a, Jamar Chase has three touchdowns in the first three games, I think. I don't, I don't know if that's three or four, but I'm oh, sorry, four games in this. Yeah, yeah he has four touchdowns through three games. So obviously that chemistry is hasn't left since LSU. So at this point, I'm like, this is a team that I would not be surprised, full prediction that he finishes top three. Like, I think that he might actually make a comeback and go on like a six game win streak or something and get right back into the thick of things. Yeah, no, his team is just absolutely tank, and I again, I do not want to face him. I'm hoping for a first round bye. If I had to first max, I might be screwed.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is uh kind of what he wants. Like, I think even Darren was joking around, be like, he's like the humblest guy, he could say whatever you want. He's like, nah, I can't do it, I can't do this, or it's not that good, or I can't win, but he's not under the radar for any reason. I mean, preseason. He was ranked number two. We're all saying how he doesn't belong here because his team is so loaded. But maybe he's trying to bring us into a false sense of, hey, maybe should just can't win. And then he's going to be like, ha, you fell for my trap card, you dumb bitches. And then just rolls off like in a crazy amount of wins into the playoffs, which I could totally see.
0: But Because like, like Darren said, like he basically went through a, cha- like a buzzsaw through Steve in the first week. So that kind of was like he should have won, but Steve just had like a blowout of a week, and then like the one loss that he had for yeah the second loss again that was against you, Tommy. So yeah, and I had the most kind of points like this past week. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, I think what you mentioned about like him just being like snake bitten or just having like bad luck in the first. Like again, you said he's he's not not scoring type of thing he had one fifty two, 129 131 like he's consistently getting 130 or more basically the first three weeks so i feel like the wins are going to come for him he just kind of got unlucky having to face steve and you in the first three weeks
1: yeah although his rank might not be that high we are not going to you're like we're gonna have to keep an eye on that team this is a team that's going to like you Absolutely. said you i i don't think it'd be a surprise if he ended top three just right now it's just not the start of the season that he was looking for yeah And let's continue to roll on number six. we're looking at the playoff picture now, dude, the number six team over here right now, Rose two spots. He was, Ranked number eight. Now he finds himself at number six, the Bronx Bombers, or how you guys may know him as. Please no Mayo. I feel like this might be a little bit of a surprise because this is a team that a lot of people are down on. Maybe it's just the way that the schedule's been rolling, but hey, at the end of the day, he is two and one, so we can't discount the wins that he's been able to at least have and so when you kind of look at this roster kind of like what i mentioned before it's kind of weird to see a team like max's underneath is, and that by no means is an indictment on it i mean he scored 152 points this past week that is like what was that like the second most i want to say but he scored an unbelievable amount of points and that was definitely on the backs of ryan Tannehill, who scored 23 mike williams who's been unbelievable He has been the wide receiver two in the PDL so far. He just scored almost 30 points against Kansas City. And then, of course, James Robinson doing what James Robinson has been doing. But I guess it's been a little bit more of a surprise in the Urban Meyer era, dropping 21 points. But overall, this team has solid players. But once again, I feel like I might be a little disrespectful and say, wow. This team might be overperforming, but hey, Darren, correct me if I'm wrong, or do you think I'm right? What are your thoughts on the Bronx Bombers?
2: Um, I mean, so he, the teams he beat are Mike and Zach, so we kind of
1: Mike drop next.
2: Got got to temper our expectations here, um, but I mean, he does have good players. Like, don't get me wrong, like he has Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, Mike Williams, who's been playing really well, um. Ryan Tannehill I guess I guess that's kind of like it like you you, you're going to get some good games out of DJ Chark and Marvin Jones but um the rest of them like it's kind of like hit or miss uh James Robinson just because of the way that he's being used like you can't really rely on him I don't think um but I mean he he definitely has like the ability to win games like his team's pretty good um but the teams he's beat so far are 10 and 11 in the power ranks so um (laughs) He's got to play some like, like, he plays you this week, and he's probably gonna lose. So, um, oh, once he love plays like, the teams, <laughs> once he plays the teams that like can beat him, like, he's probably gonna lose. So,
1: I know this is something that I've been talking about a lot, but yo, the first two years of the PDL, I started five and zero, and right now I'm three and zero. so maybe the prophecy has to continue. So, I'm hoping I could beat Adam's team once more. But before I continue on to the rankings and things like that, Brett, what are your thoughts on the Brock's? Bronx Bombers.
0: Seeing as though I gave him his one loss so far, I Hey-o! got a really indication, right? Like Big there. dick energy um, from Brett today. <laughs> yeah, but well, basically like, he, like that first week literally was the week that James Winston was Lasik's James Winston and had <laughs> five touchdowns and scored like 30 points in the flex spot. And I'm just like, damn, like, am I going to start the PDL with the loss? i like, no, I can't let this happen. But, um... No, he definitely has a lot of good players, So with Tannehill and Tyler Montgomery. I think the whole Jacksonville Jaguars offense, because he has basically three position players, at Tark, Jones, and Robinson, I feel like if Trevor Lawrence can ever, <laughs> like, return back to his college abilities and whatnot, I feel like they might improve overall. But as Darren mentioned, it's kind of like hit or miss. Like, there'll be some weeks where they go off for double-digit points and other ones where they're barely scraping by like the whole game against the Cardinals, you know, Trevor Lawrence looked like Zach Wilson, but not as bad as Zach Wilson this past week with the, well, against the Patriots. Um, I guess that was two weeks ago. It was against the Saints where mm-hmm. he also looked bad, but um, yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's like, it's one of those like, men it's like, it's good, but I don't know if it's going to be like a contender at the end of the season. Like you said, like Darren said that he only has first two or he's gotten two wins from players that are ranked towards the bottom so it's kind of like okay let's see how you do against better competition and see if you're for real or if this is kind of like a flash in the pan type of thing so I feel like you know all the best to him but I feel like I'm more pessimistic about his uh, uh future outlook right here
1: yeah we're definitely all in agreement here he's definitely played a couple of cupcakes to be able to string together those two wins so far But one thing that we need to bring to the PDL, you know how everyone jokes saying we want Bama when they want to be tested? We should just scream we want Delco, huh? I mean, let's try to put it to the end. If you guys are cursing me and he beats me next or this upcoming week, I'm going to be pissed. So that's going to be a hilarious podcast if he hands me my first loss. But let's continue to roll on. And I guess this is going to be a little bit of a controversy. It is definitely it's the highest ranked one win team, I think, ever. In the pdl this far into i mean we're only into week three but i mean having only one win and being in the top five that has to be somewhat polarizing right so we find steve's team the left coast grommets and he did obviously just lose to philadelphia yellowhawks Cavs team as we mentioned before and you know it's uh it kind of looks like his team underperformed it looks like you know Mahomes win Mahomes things but tyreek was kind of quiet LaVisca Chenault didn't do too much. And, of course, Carson Wentz, you know, he didn't even have a single touchdown. So I feel like this team will only really go as far as those depth players will take you because he does have that star power in Saquon, Mixon, Mahomes. And, uh, like I just mentioned before, the Mahomes-Tyreek stack. That can't be understated because that's the strongest, you know, stack he could essentially have. But then topping that off with Calvin Ridley, who everyone said could end up as the wide receiver, not as a wide receiver, but the number one. And of course, having Darren Waller in the premium or tight end premium stuff. I think it's really exciting to look at, but I don't know that you gotta have to focus on the fact that he's already lost twice. So only three games already lost twice. So the fact that he is still top five, I still believe he belongs there just due to the sheer talent on this roster. But Darren, is it fair to have a little bit concern for the left coast grommets?
2: I Think so. Um, just because like, I think the team is like it's very top heavy. Um, it's basically like his success relies on six six players basically. Um, so like if Mahomes, say Mahomes has a bad week, like he's probably gonna lose. Um, that's fair because if he if Mahomes, has a bad week,
1: Tyreek has a bad week,
2: yeah. And then if Mahomes gets hurt, he's screwed, <laughs> screwed because then that kills Tyreek Hill too. So like basically, he's he's screwed. Um, so it's basically he can't really afford any injuries to any of his like six star players um and if he does have one he's he's screwed
1: so you think yeah actually you make a good point I mean if Mahomes goes down that's gonna hurt Tyreek and obviously that takes away arguably the best player on his team and then what he's starting Carson Wentz and hopefully Tua will be better by then like that will just be catastrophic for us or even if you Look at his smile. Let's say Saquon gets hurt again or Mixon gets hurt because his usage rate has been crazy. What does that mean? He's already starting, it looks like, Trey Sermon and Chase Edmonds. That means he's going to have to probably plug in Latavius Murray and hope for the best. Maybe Malcolm Brown. He just got that one kind of nice touchdown that I remember seeing this past week. But other than that, that can't inspire that much confidence, right? Oh, he does have Manny, though. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who has been doing great with Josh Allen. But let me throw it over to our good friend Brett. Do you think top five is too high for a team that only has one win so far into the season?
0: Um, no, I think he's actually like, I think five is just right for him that situation because I feel like, granted, like what Darren mentioned, like it's a lot of top heavy, but then like the flex players, like I feel more confident about his flex players compared to some of the other guys we had ranked lower yeah. because when you know, like Chase Emmons again. Honestly, like, if I was a manager, I would want to buy everything on that Cardinals offense. Go, Brett! All right, so, for Chris Edmonds, I feel like he's definitely a flex player that I think is going to really help Steve towards the end of the year. Because, again, I want to, like, if I was an owner, I would want to buy everything on the Cardinals offense in that situation with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, even James Conner. Because I know, like, he's very touchdown dependent but I feel like if they get out to a large enough lead they're going to do the ground and pound with both Edmonds and Connor and Connor seems to be the preferred goal line back but Edmonds still is a better receiver overall so I feel like with Edmonds at the flex and then Trey Sermon again he you know did not too shabby but I feel like with the whole 49ers backfield with all the injuries that they've on the gun and having Sermon, Eliza Mitchell I know On Johnson is on their practice squad I think Duke Johnson or someone else there, so I feel like they kind of have a mess of a running back situation, kind of similar to the Ravens, but I feel like having Sermon and Edmonds as a flex for both of those is a good position. Carson Wentz, I feel like, is probably the biggest question mark because like you said, like he had zero touchdowns this week, um, which is a little bit surprising given how many opportunities that he had to go the red zone, so I feel like if Wentz goes down and or if Mahomes goes down, then he won't get as much firepower from that flex spot compared to other players who also have two quarterbacks. So I feel like as a whole, like Steve will probably still score enough points to outscore some of, like the bottom half teams. But I feel like five is a pretty good spot for him.
1: Man, the power ranking has been pretty spot on so far from what we're looking at. So now let's look at the elite four. Darren, you come in at number four, your top three, your three, rank number 3 you're still in the top four holding on you're two in one and obviously your trade that just went through might also change some people's kind of perspective of what they view your team but just to play a little bit fair unfortunately you scored the least amount of points this week and you went up yeah. against Hollywood and we were just joking around saying you know Jensen doing his fair share of trash talking he has every right to he's three and oh we can't really say anything about that I can't talk trash on him either I mean he is undefeated right now but that's not who we're here to talk about we're here to talk about your team Tom Brady did Tom Brady things scoring almost like 30 points And, you know, Gibson delivered with what you were hoping to get, almost delivering 17 points. But then as you continue to go further and further and further, it looks a little bit disappointing, as you kind of mentioned and reflect about how Rondale Moore, um, White, and what, Noah Fant, they all collectively got you, like, what, like three points? Like, they got you, like, nothing. And, oh, sorry, Hawkinson also didn't do too much either. But then... I was actually thinking that you're going to be able to make a comeback because CD Lamb, the first drive in that Monday night football game where they're just giving CD Lamb the dude. I was just like, oh, dude, CD Lamb is going to get like 40 points tonight. And then, like, after, is that all he did pretty much that whole game?
2: Just the first drive, and that's it? Two more catches. Like, he finished with like eight points, I think. But he had like one or two more catches, and that was it.
1: Yeah, he he was three for three, 66 yards, one carry for negative one yards, and that's it. And the Cowboys scored like, a, like 41 points. So you would assume that Lamb had at least like a touchdown or two, but that did not, that wasn't in the cards for him. So that's an anomaly. I'm, I'm going to throw that out because the talent is there, but it's kind of unfair to just throw it out entirely because at the end of the day, your team did score the least amount of points, but I kind of want to bring you in on it. What are your thoughts on this past week and how excited are you for the rest of the season? I know you kind of mentioned before Brett joined saying your intentions and plan was to win next year. But we're here to talk about this season currently. What are your feelings towards it right now?
2: So I, I mean, I don't want to make any excuses, but um, I didn't have Deontay Johnson this oh, week. Here we I go. didn't have Antonio Brown this week. Um, James White got hurt in the first quarter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think, like, I, I hopefully that I up. will score less than hundred points again. But I, I think it was just like a perfect storm. It was just a really bad week. Um, I, I honestly thought I might have dropped lower than the four spot. Um, but it just, it just was a, it was a terrible week. It really was.
1: Were you a little bit happy to see old man, Deshaun Jackson catching like two, three bombs for 120 and a touchdown for almost 20 points. I mean, that's what you get with Deshaun. Like you never, like even after this week, you'll still not feel comfortable ever starting him. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially being that he's 34 years old and he hasn't been good since like 2015.
1: Excuse me, he's very good at running straight
0: So, like, yes, that's the only thing he's good at. <laughs> I'll, I'll Brett... say, you, you're welcome, you're welcome, Darren, because I literally, I literally had to drop someone. I just dropped Jackson like literally right before that week, and Darren just picks him up. So, I'm just like, all right, here's your free present there thing. Because <laughs> find... I have so many open spots because I have so many people that are on IR. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is true, Darren. After you kind of mentioned all the people that were out this game, it kind of paints. Uh, a more realistic picture of what happened, not excuses per se, but maybe an explanation. And so I feel like this is another one of the games where I kind of have to throw out being like, Hey, he's top four still for a reason. Uh, Of course he really did disappoint. And obviously I was pulling for you against Hollywood. He is the villain of the PDL. So I was hoping you'd be able to hand him his first loss, but I I still think your team is going to be firing on all cylinders. And I'm sure you're still smiling, knowing that you have Antonio Gibson and, Like you mentioned, you don't have Cooper Cup, but still, hey, you still have CeeDee Lamb, Odell. You have all these really, really other good players like Deontay Johnson, who unfortunately wasn't able to play, AB, who's still solid. So I think your team is still solid, belongs in the top four, in my opinion, which makes sense because the pattern of what we have seen, uh, this new team, the Carolina Breakers, you started in the preseason at five, then went up to four, then up to three again and dropped back down to four. But, I mean... That's a lot nicer than some of like how crazy other teams have been. I mean, look at um Mike's team, like I mentioned before, right? Mike's team was all over the place yeah, so far. 11. Yeah, it's 49911. Whereas you, you're staying right in the top portion of the team. And I think that's where you belong with what you're able to put together, but I might be a little bit biased cuz we talk all the time. Let's bring Brett into this. Brett, what are your thoughts on the new Carolina Breakers? I
0: think Right here, and he's definitely increasing the value of his franchise. Uh, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, again, like the steady progression from where he was ranked preseason, and now he's holding steady in the top five. So, like, no, that's what GM does. He elevates his team to better spots, right? So.
1: I feel We're like, there. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, his team is definitely oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> his team is definitely <laughs> something that's going to be a team that no one really wants to see on the schedule. I'm sure that his team will be a little bit scarier to see than, say, the half portion of the team. So I guess just to kind of put you in the hot seat right now, do you think Darren's going to be able to make a deep playoff push this year, or do you think it's more realistic that next year is going to be the year where he really
0: becomes that I, I think if I had to put money on it, I would probably say next year. I feel like Darren will – if I had to make a prediction, I think he probably – also has like- three
1: first-round picks this upcoming draft, just by the way
0: exactly so again it's, it's kind of like he's like the same hinky of the league like you know he's trying <laughs> not, not. he's not tanking but he's gathering picks to maximizing be able profits. to exactly maximizing profits having a uh, cargo of picks to hold in the treasure chest to be able to make moves big moves if he wants to because i know first round picks are valuable um but like i said i think he just had uh unlucky because again rondell Mel Mo- rondell Moore, i was really surprised that he put up almost basically a goose egg after having such two straight with, uh, weeks
1: of great, great
0: numbers. That's what I was thinking. So like having him only score a point forty, I'm just like, what the heck? type of thing. And then Hawkinson, I think again, goff loves his tight ends. So I feel like that's gonna be just a small little bump in the road. I think Hawkinson is still one of the best tight ends in the league in terms of catching and receiving touchdowns. Um James White, like, yeah, I kind of felt Darren's pain when he said he went out in the first quarter. Uh, but like you mentioned, I think he still has a good amount of um, bench depth to be able to fill in those holes, especially with like Brandon Ayuk out of the doghouse in the 49ers. And then uh, hopefully Deontay Johnson can come back by next week, perhaps. Um, but I think Darren will make the playoffs, but I think he'll be more of like a fifth seek. I feel like Jensen will probably – finish top three uh, if he continues his momentum. But I feel like it'll be like Darren and Steve, I feel like we'll be like battling for most of the season between fourth, fifth and sixth, I think
1: gotcha gotcha yeah darren is no matter who he has on the roster darren's just a relentlessly good fantasy owner and so that's why you could never ever like you said you just needed to release deshaun jackson what happens like a microsecond later now he's sitting as the carolina breakers like darren is quick you'll learn that real fast (laughs) like Like he he knows how to turn a team around
0: exactly here he kind of reminds me of like tom brady on the patriots where it's like hey like come to me i'll make you better <laughs> and so he ends up like picking all these good people and then all of a sudden it's like dang like he's got it all ready to go so i give i give him a lot of kudos there
1: i'm sure darren is smiling ear to ear being compared to tom brady but let's take that smile right off of his face and let's talk about the top three hollywood okay. did it hollywood started at 11 in the preseason then week one is shocked the world and jumped up to number five after getting their first win ever in the PDL. Week two, they held on to that number five spot, and now they find themselves in the top three. They're the number three ranked team. Unfortunately, like I said, Darren, he did beat you, but I don't want to break down his team. I want to put you in that position. Break down the Hollywood hustle. Okay, just kidding. I think he actually hopped off. I think I completely
0: right. missed it. <laughs> no, I was all checking because I I thought I saw something on my screen and it's like, wait, like are you there? I was like, oh. No,
1: no, I actually knew he had to hop off for a bit. So let me break it down just because I know he
0: will hopefully be listening back to this episode. Exactly, but- you know- and I'll follow your lead. So.
1: Oh, dude, it's going to be you and I. We're going to maybe I'll just fire him and he'll
0: okay. just be a permanent co-host. Okay. Well, well, I mean, obviously, that means that one of us has to be first. And one of us has to be second. So we're <laughs> done.
1: That's kind of what have exactly. It's almost like we planned it. But hey, so right. Hollywood Hustle being backed with Jalen Hurts. He didn't have that great of a game, but he still put up great fantasy numbers. But that's because he does carry the ball. And he did throw for over 300 yards, had two picks, but also threw for two touchdowns. So he still had a solid outing 22 points. That's all you could really ask for in a quarterback. But then you continue to look down his roster. And of course, that recent trade that he had with Cooper Cup 26 points, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Matt Stafford's go to guy. You know, being attached to a high-powered offense like the Rams and McVeigh isn't that bad of a thing, and then you just continue to go down and just continue to see great players, but there are some question marks, in my opinion. In a top three team, you expect a loaded roster, and I'm not saying Hollywood doesn't. They definitely have their fair share of superstars, but in my opinion, there are still a little bit of question marks, so I'm interested to see how long they could hold on to the top three. So I want to throw it over to you, Brett. Do you think this team is here to stay in the top three, or they of belong more in the mid
0: tier i would say he definitely belongs to top three Ooh, I, love to pull, it. Like, I think like he definitely has shown that he's gone from like zero to hero in a sense because you said he had no wins coming into the season and what does he do pulls off three in a row it's like oh all right <laughs> definitely getting there right now i feel like though you know there might have to be like a little asterisk in terms of like if they don't get hurt or if they don't get injured type of thing because like you mentioned like they're the only holes that would happen for Jensen is if one of his starters goes down because looking through you no know, like you know, not very Miller's deep not it put, doesn't look like <laughs> it's like Scotty Miller's not going to put the fear of God in anybody <laughs> um, you know, they're all kind of like more tertiary or fourth options on their respective offenses so feel if any one of like rugs, Cup, feeling, Evans, like if any one of them goes down, then it's kind of hard to replace that value that they give. So I feel like if I, you know, as of right now, Jensen definitely deserves to be in the top three. It's just kind of like crossing your fingers and hoping that no one gets hurt, at least for a long stretch of time during the season.
1: All right. You love to hear it. I think it's just because I'm a little bit lower on Hollywood, only because to me, even with no injury, I'm not that scared of Miles Gaskins. I'm not that scared of Devin Singletary or Dallas Goddard. I, I'm definitely not afraid of Trevor Lawrence. And these are all his starters. Game. Or I look at like other teams like Max's team and Steve's team. I'm like, yeah, I'm literally scared of every single starter that they have.
0: Of course, yeah, barring injury. Little... <laughs> yeah. But... Like I said, like if M- Max's team, I'm like, I do not want to face him. <laughs> like if I have to make sure, like if I have to like hope and pray or whatever I will. But I think, yeah, definitely. I would rather verse Jensen than max in like a first round playoff matchup.
1: Exactly. And I, I think for those, it's not that he has a bad team. It, no, I mean, no. he's three and zero for a reason. You can't have a bad team and go three and zero. It's just the fact that I think right now it is that Cinderella story. I don't want to get caught up in the storyline. It's like, Oh my God, he's going to do it all. I think top three, is a little bit higher than where I expect him to end at, but that by no means is because he doesn't have a good roster. It's just other teams in the PDL, in my opinion, look a little bit stronger when measured up. That's so amazing. now let's get to the final two. And I know you're probably excited to hear this and things like that, but the number two team right now ended. this. They started as the number six team in the preseason. Then stayed at number two three weeks in our Talk about consistency, Brett. You are just the king at staying at number two. But hey, that's nothing bad. That's not. That, don't be upset that you're not number one because hey, you're new. And the fact that you're still exactly. able to stay yeah. number two for three straight I'll weeks, <laughs> that's that's impressive. That's really impressive. So break down kind of like how your matchup went. You said your butt was clenched essentially the entire time. So what did oh, the matchup just- kind of look like for you?
0: Um, well, basically I, I remember the chat on Friday, basically Jared was just like, is Service going to get his first win with so many running backs out for Brett's team? And that's like looking at my team, it's like, damn, he's right. Because <laughs> Cook was out, Josh Jacobs was out, and Eliza Mitchell, who I was pretty proud of myself for picking in the rookie draft and then having him on my taxi spot and then promoting him. And then he ends beast. up being doubtful. And I'm just like, great, like my best three running backs are now, uh, out of commission luckily the team that i inherited had alexander madison as a bench player to be that handcuff for dalvin cup so i'm just like awesome i can replace him kind of seamlessly because it's funny because madison always balls out whenever cook is out and i feel like after this year i feel like is um uh, you might know uh, is is he um is his contract expiring after this year or no alexander madison
1: um, that is a good question. I actually haven't been monitoring that too much, but I feel like that makes sense. I feel like he's been on the Vikings forever.
0: Only because I feel like whenever like whenever he has gotten the ball, he has always like done really well with his touches. And I feel like if or when Alexander Madison ends up like being uh, on the free agent market, like he's going to have a lot of people looking for his services. I feel like he does have the potential to be a starting running back. But um being behind you know arguably the best running back right now in the league with Alvin Cook with that type of kind of head in front of him, like he doesn't get as many touches, but when Cook is out, he's nailed able to excel. So I was kind of lucky to have him there. And then honestly, my biggest surprise is how well Peyton Barber did because I know John Green really oh, yeah, like King Drake. And so when I picked up Barber, I was like, you know what, this is just kind this of This is like on a hope a, and a prayer. I'm pretty much in that situation because I'm like, okay, I don't have Kenyon Drake and right now I need a running back because I'm desperate. So I just looked at the waiver wire. I was like, well, Peyton Barber, you know, there was a report about how he was going to get more involved. So I was like, sure, I'll take a flyer on him. He can be my Josh Jacobs backup. And of course they had him projected for like 3.2 points and I'm looking <laughs> over at Servos and he had his two running backs and uh, Clyde Edwards and Najee Harris. And that's like, yeah, that's not really intimidating for me. So you have ZEH on one end with Najee Harris. And on my side, you have Alexander Madison and Peyton Barber. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm definitely. Like, I well, think that was like, the thing
1: that I was most impressed about. You lost your two stud running backs. You replace them with and Madison they, and Barber. And they both combined for more points than both Clyde and Najee. So that's this, like. That,
0: that's probably one of the. Yeah, undlead. that's why there's like if. If you, if you had told me that Alexander Madison and Baden Barber were both going to score 40 points and that Clyde Edwards and Matthew Harris would only score 35, which is still not bad, but if you said my two running backs would have be those two, I would have been like, yeah, like, did you have too much alcohol last night or something? Because I would have just been like, no, you're lying. Like, that's never going to happen. So I was definitely surprised. Now, I don't think that Peyton Barber is going to have the same success next week, so I'm kind of hoping that Josh Jacobs comes back, but... uh. Yeah, that was probably the biggest kind of matchup decision I had to make because I know from our trade that we did a couple of weeks ago when... No, oh, I, I just gave- wanted
1: to say, you're welcome for Brandon Cooks. Right now, the number 7th ranked wide receiver in fantasy. Whereas Keenan Allen, who I guys, I mean, he's been solid still, but he's the number 22 ranked. So I feel like he's been like, doing you a little bit of help, huh?
0: I mean, honestly, as one of those, like, I'm, I, I try to not be, like, trade hesitant but i feel like every time i make a trade i always have like a what if scenario or doubt so i'm just like oh my gosh like i gave up Keenan allen like he's always been a top like 10 wire fever type of thing hey i and told to you brand. this so, was
1: in the this was in the works for brandon cook i know he's not a sexy name that a lot of people don't want but hey the numbers speak for itself right i mean absolutely the, the past couple of weeks that he's been able to put together i mean the first week 15 points, then follows it up with 18 points against Cleveland, and then he puts up another 16 points against I mean, dude, I'll take that any day of the week, regardless Absolutely. of whose name it is.
0: I mean, to be perfectly honest, like literally outside Brandon Cooks, I really couldn't name you like two or three other Texans wide receivers at this point, but so I feel <laughs> like if I'm Tyra Taylor or you know, Daniel um, whatever the, the backup was for him that started last Thursday, I'm like, oh, yeah, if Mills. I'm that guy, I'm like, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, if I'm one of those quarterbacks, I'm like, I want to go to my number one target, my most secure blanket early and often type of thing. So he got peppered with 11 receptions. He got nine of them for 112 yards this time. But um, definitely, I feel like when the quarterback is under duress, he's going to go and look for Cooks first. So I feel like definitely he's like that PPR machine where he's getting looks often and that'll work out. And then when I made the, (laughs) it's my when I found out that Cooper Cup got traded for Antonio Gibson, I'm just like, so you're basically because that was like again the first trade I made in the PDL with Darren when I traded him Cooper Cup and I got Marquise Brown and other people and I'm thinking, oh my God, I mean guys like, did I make the right decision or not? And granted, like the first two weeks, I was like, hell yeah, I'm really happy with Marquise Brown and what he's been doing. And then this past week, honestly, I probably should have scored more points, but I don't know if you saw the Ravens game, Tommy, but literally he had like three drops almost yeah, in a row. It was bad. And they all they all would have been like for 20 plus yards and literally he was wide time, open. And the throws
1: were like perfect.
0: Exactly. So I don't know if he just had like a case of like the oopsie daisies and just like dropping everything in that end of the first half because I don't really think he got any targets in the second half in that situation because I think Lamar went more towards Andrews and Sammy Watkins. But so I feel like given the transparency, like granted, I know Cooper Cup is you no know, either the first or second wide receiver ranked, and Marquise Brown is 14th, but I'm like, you know what, I think. It kind of worked out so far, and like you said, I'm ranked second, so as a newbie, I have nothing really to complain about in that situation. Granted, I feel it's kind of a bummer that I started Sterling Shepard after his first two weeks when he was on the bench, and then he ends up having a hamstring injury, so that was like the only downside, along with Osborne not being as uh, involved in the offense in the first two compared to the third, but I feel like as a whole, I don't have any regrets after this week.
1: No, I feel like overall your team has been the model of consistency. I think you're the only team that was able to hold on to such a high spot consistently over and over and over. I mean, two, two, two. I mean, what else can you really ask for, right? And so I feel like it's there for a reason. So you're a team that you're going to have to watch. Do you have championship aspirations for the Dragons?
0: Um, Yes, I can officially proclaim that I am going all in on this season. And I am hoping to earn my first round by I'm hoping kind of like the early success I can kind of ride that and if I have like a down week here or there I'm hoping that because of how successful I was early on that I don't have to worry about falling too too hard in that situation because obviously you know top six teams make it so half the battle in fantasy football is making it to the playoffs so I feel like it's definitely better to start early and be successful and have a hiccup here or there than to start at the very bottom and have to claw your way up to six. Um, sure. Definitely. I'm, I'm trying to hopefully get a better second quarterback because as we talked about earlier, Ben Roethlisberger is... <coughs> Taylor think he's on
1: the trade market. <laughs> oh, ooh, sorry. <laughs> Something was stuck in my throat. My bad.
0: Oh, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to talk to that manager then for Taylor. He's he a very geez. reasonable guy um,
1: and I feel like you have a good relationship with him. So I, I, I think well, a favor can be worked out.
0: I heard he's a small guy who uh, listens and will take everything into consideration.
1: Yeah, fair, fair guy. But uh, But no, yeah, overall, your team is, like, so sad. I know you definitely have that. I mean, who's more critical of their own team but the manager themselves, right? So to hear you already thinking, all right, I know I'm short here. Okay, I I had Cooks and Jacob. I mean, one of the worst-case scenarios happened for you. You literally lost both Cook and Jacobs this week, and you plugged in two running backs. And even though you're in a, quote-unquote, terrible situation, you still pulled off a dub, and that's a – that's really a testament to who you are as an owner. I mean, that's solid, dude. Like, I, I don't know what other better things to say. I feel like you absolutely deserve that number two mm-hmm. spot. Nothing makes me happier to be like, yo, one of my boys is up there in the top two. <laughs> like, if you were down, like, low, I'd be like, damn it. Like, I, I really thought Brett could do that. But, dude, you're making me so happy. Like, I, I don't know. I'm puffing my chest to be like, see, I told you this guy can do it. Like,
0: I, I, I told exactly. you. I'm giving you a good reputation amongst your boys man, right here. Yeah. I mean I am like, you know, I won a couple fancy leagues in the past. So I'm like, go. let's see if I can I'm like, let's see if I can uh, so do the, the same thing more, in the fancy here. That's right. I, I, I got I, I gotta show my reputation up, but uh yeah, I'm definitely pretty content and honestly this is like this past week was probably my like marquee like win that I think that will stick with me for a while because definitely Thinking that, oh my gosh, like my two running backs aren't exactly who I want. You know, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm kind of assuming I'm going to get a loss and to eke out that close. I'm like, yep, this is definitely like a statement win that even though I was missing two of my best players, we got it. So,
1: exactly. Anytime your backs are against the wall, just think back at week three like three and be like yeah i did that then so let's see what I can pull out now so we only have about four minutes left in this zoom call i don't want to start up a whole new one so i just want to wrap it up real quick number one team the only one left standing is myself i don't want to toot my own horn that's why i don't want to spend too much on my team but i definitely want to throw it over to you brett i know uh everyone was kind of saying how um, Steve's team popped off for 196 points week one. So I was really happy that I was able to pop off the week right after that against him with 198 points week two. And then week three, um, my team didn't really go off as much. I mean, Nuke was pretty disappointing because he was kind of hurt and didn't practice all week, but I still scored the most this past week. So I feel like my team is slowly finding its footing and I was able to still score the first, like the highest amount this week, even with Damian Harris also literally only getting two points and stuff like that too. So I feel like things are looking good over in Delco, but just wanted to get your quick recap on what you think of my team.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I definitely think, like, you know, along with Max, you definitely have a super complete team with everything going on. You know, Jackson, you got basically two high RB1s with Henry and Adam Jones. You got Adams and Hopkins. Like, that's a insane trio of wide receivers, along with – along with your George Kittle trade that you made. Granted, like he kind of got off low, but he scored 17 points for you this past week. So I feel like you definitely have all the ingredients ready to make a, uh, a spicy recipe to earn your back-to-back championships if everything plays accordingly. So definitely you have a great team, and I think that you're going to definitely continue to kill it. And honestly, like you say, you've been going five and zero the last two years. Right. So I think uh, that could potentially happen for a third year in a row at this point.
1: Oh, you love to hear it. I, I'm I'm not saying I want to be on a field. Like if I get a loss, I'm okay because I'm already three. and zero. when I looked at the schedule, when I saw that I was versing Kev, Steven, Max, my first three games of the season, I was like, all right, I'll be happy if I could walk away two and one, like that, that would be like best case scenario. But The universe was like, no, Tommy, the best case scenario is you going 3-0. and And I was like, oh, crap. All right, so if next week, if I just randomly get a loss, yeah, I'll be disappointed. But I'm not going to be, like, upset about it. I'm going to be like, all right, all that's important right now, similar to you, is I just want that first round buy. So I just need to be at least a number one or two seed. And that's all I'm really fighting for because we both know we've been playing fantasy forever. Once the playoffs start, it does not matter what your record is. I don't care if you're undefeated. I don't care if you were completely defeated, never won a game and somehow made playoffs. All you need is one off week or one good week and you continue and a buy pretty much is like the most valuable thing. So I know you and I, dude, I hope you get that All by right. having you and I high five each other, be like, yo, let's take a week off during oh, the playoffs. Right? Like, how great will that feel? Right. You'd be like, right, All right, right, you it, guys it, like, fight and we'll watch.
0: <laughs> let's sit back and see the chaos while we step on our Delaware our champagne. Yeah, remember the Delaware Beach uh, beers that you should be. Oh, yeah, the Dewey beers will be sitting back and
1: be like, all right, you peasants, you watching. I'm going to have Brett come over my house, and we'll watch our games together and be like, this is what champs do. This is how first-round buy
0: owners do. It's like, we we earned this. uh, Absolutely.
1: Brett, I hope I could have you on more of the podcast. Sorry that the ending had to be a little bit abrupt. Like I said, I have that cheap Zoom. I I don't pay for it and stuff. Maybe I should eventually, but had a great time having you on. But hey, PDL, for you listening, you got some hot insight to how, you know, the top couple owners think. You had me. You had the great Brett ranked number two, three weeks in a row. And of course, Darren, who's still top four. So you just had three of the top four owners just talking about things. That's a treat. And hey, who knows, Brett maybe even tease a possible trade happening eventually. So keep tuned for that. But until next time, take care.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.